This is your podcast for all things refinishing. I'm Lane Ball with Zebras Before and After. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 5. Today we hear Part 2 of our interview with Chris Donna of Bella Renovare. You'll hear more about her creative processes and we'll discuss a few of her pieces with a special add-on interview we recorded to talk further about her piece that won Best Multicolored in our third annual International Zebra Gold Brush Awards. Danny with Redeemed Wood Creation shares a great refinishing tip on how to fix a piece of furniture that is missing detail. We'll find out what Lindsay with Shabby to Fabby, Alyssa with A Life Refurbished, and Tristan with Betty Mako are working on in their studios this week. On the beginner's bucket, Kristen Litka with Shakto Interiors answers this week's question, does hemp oil change the color of light paints? Stay with us. We have the inspiration, fun, and community that will platform your day. Chris Donna with Bella Renovari is known for her exceptional creative talent with furniture refinishing. Last week, we aired part one of our interview as we learned more about her, and we tried to get into her head to understand how she goes about her creative planning. We're going to attempt to do that again today as we talk in more detail about a few of her pieces. We hope you enjoy. Well, so, you know, you recently did a dresser that you titled as Art Therapy on your YouTube channel. Yes. And you used yes. a lot of neon colors. It was I did. Very layered. Um, but really, this is one of those pieces that looks like something done on a canvas, meaning it would be really yes. cool to hang it on a wall. And, you know, I don't know. Can you imagine? Like, why not? Like, I think that would be really cool to take the piece that you did, lift it up about four feet or three feet. And yeah, then, why not? And then <laughs> screw it into the wall, you know? Screw it into the stud. That's that's a good idea. I think you started something. Except it's super heavy. Oh, okay. It is so heavy. Is oh it? my goodness! It is sh like solid oak, and but it's sitting right next to me. So I kept it for myself, and I will keep it in this room that everybody can see it. And then when we move back to the states, because we actually own a home in Maine, um, uh. it will probably be the first thing that people see. But that would be, you know, maybe I need to recreate it on something that's not going to rip my walls off. <laughs> I mean, I know you could put it into studs for sure. Yeah, but. <laughs> I don't know. I just think that would be cool. And you just would want it up. So because you'd still want it's like you'd want it to which it, it performs that on, on the floor, obviously. But right. um, just so that it's up not so high that you can't still use it. You know, you can't still open the doors. But uh, I don't know. I think that would be kind of a cool. It'd be cool to imagine having a room and all the furniture is hanging on the wall. <laughs> Except for maybe I know. Bed. I don't know. That's like my dream dream room you're talking about. <laughs> uh, well, we can we can dream for sure, can't we? <laughs> yes, yes. So you, you, there was like a lot of paint that you used uh, for that piece, and like, but how did you? I guess I'm still trying to get in your brain here. Like, how did you know like how many pieces? I mean, not how many pieces, but how many colors to incorporate? Because all the colors that you incorporated, the way you blended them, you know, on the YouTube, you're talking about how they kind of created new colors. Yes. Um, how did you know to choose? Like, how do you, like, what if you just chosen three of those colors, you know? So, you know, I, I chose all the colors because I knew, well, first of all, I knew that I wanted every single shade of that neon, but I also knew what kind of colors the pairs would create. So when I put the yellow and I put the blue together, I knew that it was going to make a really cool neon green, which would give me another effect. And, you know, just layering and putting like the purple on top of, you know, I, I just, I don't even know. I just, <laughs> I, sometimes I just go for yeah. it and just hope that it works. Um, you know, another little 
a lip. This is kind of, I mean, I talk about this a lot, but I am a living kidney donor and I donated my kidney to one of my friends. And I get people ask me all the time, like, why did you do it? And I said, I really, I feel like you want this miraculous story or something like super heartfelt, but I just did it because I felt like it was the right thing to do. And that honestly, there's nothing else to it. I just felt like I would, I was the person to do it for her. And so I think that sometimes with my furniture, I know it's not giving a kidney away, but with my furniture, I I just have that, like, I just go with my gut. I just say, you know what, I'm going to do this color, this color, this color. And it doesn't always work out, you know? So um, you know, if you've, it, there's some videos where I'll put colors together and I'm like, okay, guys, I decided this color is not going to work. We're going <laughs> to just paint over this one. <laughs> so I just, I don't know. I just hope for the best when I go into stuff. Yeah. You know, the, the one color in that piece, uh, and, and listeners at the end, will give, uh, all the information for, uh, Chris Donna's YouTube channel and, and that sort of thing. So you can go watch it, but that, you know, the, my favorite color in that is the blue. Yes. The, blue, the way that blue pops off of all those like yellows and, and the, the neon pinks and the orange and the green that formed out of it. There's something about that blue and even the splatter that you did because there's blue splatter on that. On the front yeah. That's really yeah. cool. <laughs> I just sat there and was like, what else does this need? I mean, it's neon, neon and splatter. Come on. Yeah, it goes together. It, really, it does. <laughs> and, and it's such a happy piece. It's, it's really um, it's, it's fun to look at. It just made me happy doing it because, you know, sometimes I wouldn't say I don't care what people think about my work. It's just that I really enjoy color and I know that I'm not everybody's cup of tea. So I've become comfortable in what I create and I understand that it's not, not everybody's going to like it. And that's absolutely okay. Because if everybody liked the same thing, the world would not be, you know, would be boring. But when I created that, I just, did. And I, it was so much fun and I didn't have like a rhyme or reason. I barely even really, even on my video, I don't think I really even like, usually I go into pretty good in depth about how to do certain things. And I just kind of touched on it, but really like honed in on just doing it. And so I don't know. I really enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, well, that's why you do need to keep it because it's a, it's just a real strong signature piece for you. Yes. And then, you know, how I staged it, I don't know if yeah, you did, did. You see the one where I, I sat with yeah. like my feet. <laughs> I love Vans. Uh, the, you'll never catch me Vans and, and Converse are what I wear really? all the time. You know, never. I'm not a high heel girl. Maybe you'll see me in some flip flops, but you know. So again, you know, neon pink Vans that just goes. You know, I have bright pink hair, so <laughs> it only just all fits together. Yeah. Well, if you're not careful, it would be like Waldo, where it's like, okay, where'd Kristana go? She's, I know. Oh, there she is, sitting on top of the peas. <laughs> yes. I let my hair go light a little bit um, earlier this year, and someone was like, didn't didn't you have bright pink hair before? Like, I didn't recognize you. And so I was like, ah, oh, can't even change my hair because, you know, people won't even know who I am. That's right. It's your signature. <laughs> yes. I'm going to ask this question, and we've kind of touched on it, but. Um, and I think folks are probably thinking about this, especially people who are, would like to be creative the way you're creative. Um, how do you know when to stop? Mm. Okay. So a lot of my, a lot of my stuff is custom work, right? Mm -hmm. Um, over the years, you know, I've created things and then people come to me because they like what I create. And so I have to, 
show self-restraint, but a lot of times what I do is I'll create a piece and then I'll step back. I always make sure mm. I step back. I don't ever get so zoned in and focused that by the time it's too late, I've like overdone it. Yeah. And so a lot, I'm very honest with myself about that does not look good. <laughs> and also sometimes what I'll do is I actually will ask the opinion of other artists that I'm really close with. So, you know, Brandy, I'll send her a picture and she's brutally honest with me. <laughs> so she will say, uh, no, <laughs> but, uh, you know, yeah, I, I always ask the opinion of my friends who I know are going to tell me the truth yeah. that are not going to just say, Oh, that looks great. No, I want you to tell me if this looks bad or if this looks good. So, and, um, sometimes I'll ask my kids, because they know yeah. they're, they're kind of cool. Like they, they'll, I'll say, Hey, what do you think about that? Or sometimes my kids will come up and be like, that is so cool. And so I'm like, okay, well, if my kid likes it, then it's totally <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, they just confirmed what I was thinking, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. But I, I generally, I, I reach out sometimes to some of the friends that I've made in this industry that I know are going, that I can trust yeah. that will not not let me just, you know, go out and wear that dress that looks awful on me or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So as you, as you near the end of what you believe to be the end of your finishing uh, process on a piece, then you're, you probably are stepping back a lot more. Like you do something a little more and then you step back and maybe, yes, maybe you feel like it's not there yet. So you get this idea to do a little something over here and then you step back. Uh, that's, that's very helpful. Yeah. And, and what I do too, and I always try to tell people this is it's kind of the way that I paint as well. I do thin layers and that way I can always kind of, st it's easier to add more. It's a lot harder to take things away. Yeah. So I try to be very conservative in how I paint. I don't, I try to make sure that it's thin layers. And then like when I'm adding something, I don't just go crazy and start adding like gold to everything. I just start out really lightly. You know, if I'm doing some kind of light gilding wax on something, I start out really lightly and then I step back and I'm like, okay, that looks good. Or, okay, we could use a little bit more right here. So I, a light hand, I guess mm -hmm. is really the main thing is yeah. I just use a light hand for everything. So that way it's easier to add and I don't have to, you know, say, right. oh my goodness. And sometimes, you know, with transfers or moldings or something, I will tape them on the piece first and step back before I put it on there because yeah, sure. I want to see. Yeah. So I want to see, is this going to look good or is it going to look bad? And sometimes I don't put it on the piece. <laughs> yeah. Well, so there's, as they say, a method in your madness. I mean, you've got a system yes. in place and that's helpful. I do. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so that's good. Now, you did a uh, hutch back in August that was really cool. Uh, I'd love to have that piece in my house. <laughs> um, was it the one where I built the base? Uh, yes. Was yes, it a green it yes, it with the green. copper piping? Yep. And it was, it was, I think you'd mentioned on, I think it was on YouTube, you mentioned it was for your husband or you were looking for a piece it for your is. husband. Does, does, you, does he have it in his, in, in his, does he use it? Yes. I'm actually looking at it right now. Oh, so cool. <laughs> my husband is a, he really likes like whiskey and gin. Uh -huh. And so I wanted to get him something really nice, but like masculine. And so I made that for him and 
I cannot tell you how many people have tried to steal it from my house. <laughs> They're like, I need that piece. Give me that piece. Right, and I'm I like, you're going to talk why. to him. <laughs> yes. So, you know, at first he was like, I don't know how I feel about it. And now he's like, nobody's taking this. Nobody can have this piece. So we actually ended up putting LED lights inside of it. Mm-hmm. So that way when he lights it up, he can change the colors and it just oh, looks cool. really cool. So yeah, it was a really, you know, even though it's one color, it's still just, really cool. That's probably the piece that I get the most compliments on when people come to my house. Well, I, I brought that up for that reason, because it, it definitely, when you see the, the uh, art art therapy piece, you know, with all the colors, I mean, I don't have a doubt to say that I'm sure you probably had a ton of fun doing that. So that was yes. my question, because when I looked at the hutch and I was just really sort of reviewing it, and I thought, because it just really drew my eye in, and I thought, you know, there's a lot of creativity in this piece. It's not as though this is not <laughs> a lot of color that it doesn't that, right. that you lost your creativity in this. There is like a ton of creativity in this. So, did you have as much fun doing this as you do some of the colorful pieces? Yes. So I really love woodworking and working with power tools, and. I, before we had moved here, because our tools are 110, right? So my husband for probably for the first couple of years we were here, he said, you know, you really should start repurposing stuff because I would, I used to take old beds and turn them into benches and take dressers and turn them into benches and coffee things and buffets. So I used to do this all the time when I was in Wyoming, Mm. but I stopped doing it because I didn't want to use my tools and we only had a one car garage. And then I just, you know, this summer I was like, you know what? I loved doing that. I loved making copper piping hardware on pieces. And I loved, I used to build farmhouse tables and beds. And, you know, so I just, I said, you know what, I'm going to start doing that again. And so I did. And I, I do, cause it, it's, it is a creative process. It's an artistic thing. I mean, woodworking is, cre- it's artistic. Yeah, for sure. It's just a different kind of art. Um, and so, you know, not everybody can do it. Not everybody has the vision to do it. And so it's definitely, if I'm being honest, I really like woodworking sometimes over painting furniture (laughs) (laughs) and I enjoy refinishing furniture too. I don't know if you saw that piece, but I just uh, restored a buffet for someone that was, it was in their family. And so I really like restoration as well because that was such a unique piece. That was really beautiful. Yeah. So I don't, I just don't like being put, you know, I always tell people I need to keep them on their toes, but I just never want to be put in a box where someone knows what to expect from me. So then, you know, when I'm painting something, they're like, oh, well, that's not your style. Well, I don't really have a style. So you never know what I'm going to do. (laughs) So I do, I I love recreating stuff and doing that hutch. And then, um, you know, I took a a headboard and a footboard. It was like an old East like headboard and footboard. Yeah. And I turned it into a little buffet and it opens and it holds all my tools and those things. I mean, that's art all together. So I love it. I, um, I haven't been doing it as much lately only because it's cold and my husband has a 1995 BMW that he keeps in the garage. (laughs) You know, it's a give and take relationship. So, (laughs) (laughs) so I'm going to wait till it gets a little bit warmer and then I'll start doing that stuff again. But yeah. So what is your favorite part of refinishing? I think my favorite part is staging. So like the very final, everything coming together mm-hmm. and me just seeing the transformation, just the whole transformation, just once everything's done, I, I just, you know, I like stepping back and going, wow, I can't believe that piece went from that to this. Cause 
It is. And, and sometimes that's half the battle is being able to have the vision of where to go with a piece of furniture to right. get that satisfaction. So wow. uh, it's, like that. yeah. Any part you could do without? Mm, probably like the prep work. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a necessary evil, but yeah. Exactly. Just, or, or um, I wish that I could have someone deliver stuff for me or maybe uh you know, go find the furniture for me so I don't have to go pick it up because I do everything myself. So I'm just a one woman show. I do have a virtual assistant that helps me a little bit with my tailwind Uh and my Pinterest. But other than that, I do everything. I edit my own videos. I videotape. I, yeah. Um, I store stuff downstairs and we have this spiral staircase that my husband and I bring stuff up. Sometimes I carry it up by myself if it's light enough or we'll have to go, in our yard, that's a hill and bring it to the back. Cause yeah. I do everything in my, it used to be my dining room. It's not a dining room anymore. We're not, you know, <laughs> who uses dining rooms, right? <laughs> right, right. There's big French doors. And so there's a lot of really good natural light. Uh-huh. And so that's where I do all my work is out of my dining room. <laughs> yeah. I don't have a special space. That's my, that's my wish, you know, to have a nice big workshop. Yeah. You, you want to be able to point at a piece you want, snap your fingers, and then there it is, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Is that so hard to ask? I know. What's the big Come deal? Come on, people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Can I just like buy it online, have someone deliver it to me, put it right where I need it to be? I just all the things. I mean, I just, I don't feel like that's asking very much. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if that were true, then you'd probably have too many pieces, right? <laughs> right. That is, that is very true. That is very true. So I'm curious, you know, you mentioned Luxembourg and getting your pieces there. Uh, it's one of the places, like, what is the process? You know, we have a lot of friends overseas that do refinishing, of course. We've had them on the podcast. But I'm just curious for you, what's it like finding pieces uh, overseas? Is it difficult? Because there's the thing about it is, and we all know this, is that um, – America is just not as old as Europe, right? So right. there's like so much history in Europe. Yes. And so like, what's that like? I mean, do you, have you found pieces that, or is that just unreasonable? Like to find a, a, like a piece that's like 250, 300 years old, 400 years. I mean, um, you know, I think that here, so here it's not, it's not as big refinishing furniture. It yeah. is, but um, a lot of like the younger generation, right? They really like Ikea. So Ikea is the thing. And you, a lot of times you'll see furniture on the side of the road, like when they have their bulk trash pickup days. Mm-hmm. And it's not uncommon to see this, you know, a lot of people in the States, when you see like a big Rococo um, wardrobe, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's like, oh my goodness, I can never find another one. Cause it's not, it's not something that you see in the States, but it's not uncommon here to see one for $150 really? or 150 euro. Oh yeah. So it's, it's definitely what we wish we could have in the States. People can get it here and you can get it here for cheap. So it's, I enjoy it because I can go to, there's these things called trucks, right? And um, they have a website so I can go on and see what they have and I could go and buy it online first mm-hmm. before I go there. Or I can go to it, and the truck is just a big thrift store. It's not quite like a Salvation Army or like a Goodwill because it's mainly furniture. Mm-hmm. So kind of like a restore, but not not as expensive. Mm-hmm. Well, some of the restores, you know, restores are getting a little bit yeah, crazy. Right. But um, so you go there and you pick out what you want. You take the little tag off of it. You go up and you pay for it, and they help bring it out and load it to your car. So at least they help yeah. do that. 
And it's pretty easy. You know, when you live overseas, you have to get over that whole not speaking the language thing. So I at least have a translator or I've learned how to speak a few things in the different language that I can at least talk to them, Uh say thank you, have a good day. So it's not really that hard. And the, the store I go to mainly is about 45 minutes to an hour from my house. I have a Land Rover LR4, so I can shove a bunch of stuff in there. (laughs) And that's how I get it. I don't have a truck or anything like that. And I I don't know if you've seen in Europe, a lot of people, they take their station wagons and pull trailers, horse trailers and stuff like that. So it's not the same as the States where people have these, you know, big diesel trucks pulling horse trailers. They're pulling horse trailers with their like Volkswagen Jettas. (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's insane, actually. But it's... um. It's fairly easy to get it. And sometimes you can find stuff on Marketplace. I live in a military community. So they do have some like garage sale sites for people who are military and people are constantly coming in and out. It's called PCS. So like when someone PCS is in or out, you know, people have to get rid of stuff or whatever. And so sometimes I can find things on there where it's more of like American furniture, you know, Ashley furniture, stuff like that. But yes, going going to the truck. I mean, I can, some of the things I found. There's no way I would have been able to find them that cheap in the states. No way at all. Yeah, wow, <laughs> but that's that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Now, do you, have you seen yes. prices creep up at all over there? Because it, as you mentioned, they definitely have in the United States. Um, you know, it's kind of strange because I don't know that they have a rhyme or reason for their pricing. Sometimes, it, you know, at the truck, I had this beautiful, almost like a Art Deco piece that I had just done. And that was, I don't know, 60 euro. And then you see this chest that is nothing special and it's like 200 euro. So <laughs> I don't know that sometimes they even know wh- why yeah. or how they price things. They just, yeah. I don't even know. So I, I can still find furniture like really reasonable here. It's not, it's not something that I am like, Oh my goodness, I'm not going to pay that. But it's probably a little bit more expensive here than it would be in the States. I'm not going to be able to find a six drawer dresser for under a hundred euro here or something like that. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a big, it's, you know, we've talked uh, quite a bit about it on the podcast periodically about the prices going up. Cause it, it really is a challenge for a lot of refinishers um, where they're finding pieces that are so expensive that, you know, they, even if they bought them and fixed them up, they would, there would be, they wouldn't be able to recoup the, the money that they put into it. They can't make a profit off of it. And that's, that's not true for everything, but it, there is a, um, inflation's hitting, um, old pieces of furniture for sure. So that's unfortunate in many ways. I think people are starting to catch on to, I think so. <laughs> they're now, like, Oh, these people like to paint furniture. I, you know, you're exactly <laughs> right. Cause I've noticed, I keep an eye on Facebook marketplace to see what's up and what's out there. And a lot of people will post things and they'll say, this would be a great piece to refinish. And so I'm thinking, you know, they are aware that there are a lot of refinishers out there that are buying and, right. but they don't, these folks, I don't think understand the amount of work that goes into uh, the refinishing process because they, they Otherwise, they wouldn't price it. And, you know, and, and a lot of times they're talking about pieces that need a lot of structural work. Uh, yes. Then, there's some things that I've seen that I'm like, this person is out of their mind. Yeah. Or they they call it, you know, they'll say, oh, this is an antique chest. And I'm like, no, that's not. It's like <laughs> from the 90s. Exactly. That's not that's an antique. Board. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like, no, that was from Walmart. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a lot of just, you know, everyone wants to try to make money off of something. And so... You know, 
let's just mark. And, and to be honest, I think when I first started, I picked up a lot of pieces that I shouldn't have picked up. Mm. And so I think what we can do as a community is kind of educate, especially people who are just getting in, like, hey, if this piece has this much damage, like, you probably want to pass on that. Yeah. So I always like those you know, podcasts or videos mm-hmm. where people go through and yeah. show exactly like you want to avoid this unless you have the skills or the knowledge, just pass on it because it's going to cost you way more in, you know, fixing it and you may not even be able to fix it. And so, you know, that's, that's one thing I really like to advocate for is just, you know, furniture flippers, furniture artists, whatever we are, you know, just the education that I didn't have when I started that's that's helpful. Those pieces in many ways make your frustration graph go really high <laughs> you know when you get it right the- yeah if if you know if someone that's just starting on a piece of furniture picks up this piece of furniture that is awful, it's gonna be not a good experience for them, and they're probably not gonna want to flip any other pieces right so you know that could make or break your just your experience with what you're doing, and you know a lot of people do this for a therapy, like we said, you know i cannot tell you. I think that there's a trend. There are a lot of retired nurses in this industry. There are a lot of retired teachers in this industry, and there's a lot of empty nesters in this industry. And um, I think that, you know, that goes down to just being kind of a therapy. And, you know, if someone picks it up, you know, say nurse Sally just retired and she tells nurse you know, Betty, hey, you should totally do this. But Nurse Betty picks up an awful piece. She's going to be like, why did she ever <laughs> well, tell me to do this? What's she thinking? <laughs> this is awful. I have yeah. more stress now. This is than not therapy. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> well, you know, you mentioned or we've talked about this uh, in describing some of your pieces, your YouTube channel. I just want to say congratulations because you are getting really close to 100,000 subscribers. I am. I am. I just... I don't even know how this happens. <laughs> I don't even know. I just started doing stuff and people enjoyed it. And I found, I felt like I found a home on YouTube. Yeah. You know, I have all the platforms and they do fairly decent, but YouTube, I just really enjoy it. I have, you know, every once in a while you get the bad comments, but it's for the most part, I'd say 95% is positive. And it just, you know, seeing the same people, I don't think that people understand how much I appreciate their support. You know, they, they think that I'm doing something for them, but I wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't for them. So, you know, it's kind of twofold. I I do it because they tell me that it helps them. And, you know, so that's the one thing, you know, I could go and not even post on Facebook for three weeks and feel fine. But if I don't go to my YouTube community and family, I'm like, (laughs) Oh my goodness, I need, you know, Uh, Not like in a bad way. I just, I really enjoy the people and the relationships that I've built over there. As silly as it sounds, but you know. Yeah. Well, you you have great engagement uh, and folks really, really enjoy what you're producing and and they've enjoyed. It's kind of neat, you know, just the relationship that is built between you and the viewer, uh, you know. Yes. So it's, it's a really cool thing. I have a really good memory too, um, you know, to talk about Brandy again. Her and I have done some in-person stuff like workshops. Mm -hmm. 
And there will be people that have we've met before that we meet again. And she's always blown away by the fact that I remember people's names. I remember their story. I'll be like, oh, how are your kids doing? And she's like, how do you remember all that? I'm like, I don't know. I think I'm an, isn't it an elephant that they say has a really good memory? I just remember stuff. So like, if, you know, even on YouTube, if yeah. someone types something to me and they tell me, oh, I had surgery or something, I'm like, how are you feeling? You know, and, oh, wow. I always, you know, I don't know. It's just, I just remember that stuff because I think it's important. You know, they take the time out of their day to comment. They don't have to do that. And so I, I always think it's really important. You know, every once in a while, I think, you know, the past month I've kind of tried to step back a little bit and refocus so that I can figure out what I want to do. But for the most part, usually I, I try to engage and write back and say thank you to people because it does mean a lot to me, you know, they don't have to come there. They don't have to comment. They don't have to say anything. And that is a lot of work, but I I do know that that makes a big impact for even when you respond to them like that, you know, that's just really cool. And, you know, speaking of Brandy, you guys have a podcast (laughs) that's called the paint cast on YouTube. You started it, but then you brought it back or was it just take a hiatus on it? So we started it last year. And then COVID came. So she's got three kids and I have two. And COVID, you know, it got really bad around that time. So our kids were homeschooled, like they had to do virtual school. And it was just, we were like, okay, let's just pause. Let's put a pin in this and we'll come back to it later. And so, I mean, we've, you know, we talk every single day. She's in California. I'm in Germany. So it's perfect. Every morning, her and I talk. (laughs) And my morning, her like midnight because she doesn't sleep. (laughs) But, um, you know, so we've continued to talk and we've always just been like, okay, like this is what we could do for our podcast. And, and then we just thought, you know, both her and I just went through a huge transition and we thought, you know what, let's just, let's redo this. Like, you know, let's, you know, we were exclusive. We're no longer exclusive. We can use other paint companies. We can, you know, kind of share our experience. We can answer questions openly and not have to, you know, feel like, I probably shouldn't have said that or, you know, (laughs) so I just feel like we have so much to offer and, you know, when people have questions and and so much knowledge to just give people and I just enjoy my time with her anyways, our, you know, when you see us together, you know, it's not all serious. It's probably like nine, 90% not serious. (laughs) So you guys have a lot of fun together and uh, we do, we do. We have a lot of fun together and in person. I just, I enjoy her company. What's the plan for the podcast? Will it be a weekly thing or what's, you have it sort of planned out at this point? I think so. So we're going to do a weekly thing. I think we're going to talk about, you know, what did we use this week? What do we like? So we never want to say negative things because honestly, it's just not, that's not my personality. I don't like doing like pros and cons of stuff. So, you know, we'll probably just highlight the things that we liked about the brand and what we did and what we think it's good for, you know, uh, is this good for blending or is this good for layering or whatever? And then also, I, you know, I think we're going to probably ask some artists to come on and just, you know, ask them questions. We may take questions from people and, you know, people that have behind the scenes questions, questions and answers about, you know, I don't know. Um, how do you find the right piece? What do you look for? Things like that. Just, you know, the information, yeah. just share what we've learned, right. the experiences that we have. Well, as you know, when one person asks a question, that represents a whole host of other people that have that same question. Exactly. So Brandy's been on the podcast uh, a couple times previously, and uh, she is a wealth of information as well. So I can imagine between you and Brandy, 
um, folks will really want to tune in to this new podcast on YouTube and yes. really, I mean, you're going to learn a lot and, uh, sounds yes. like the format's really good as well. Yeah. We just kind of, um, <laughs> there's been a few where we've dressed up, you know, just kind of make it light and airy <laughs> and you just realize that we're humans. We're just people, you know, we're people or just want to have fun. It's not always, you know, the, when you're in the public eye, when you're, you know, I hate to say the word influencer, but when you're doing stuff on social media, sometimes I think that people think that we're not humans <laughs> and, <laughs> and we are. And so we, you know, we like for people to get to know us yeah. and get to know our personality. And, you know, I'm a pretty open book. I'm the same. I actually have friends who I've known my whole life and, the, and they'll watch my YouTube videos or something. And they're like, you have not changed. <laughs> I said, nope, no, I have not. <laughs> you're, you're the real Chris, Chris Donna on YouTube or in yes. person, right? <laughs> exactly. I'm the same. Well, you know, sometimes what do they say? Like, don't ever meet your like, celebrity or uh-huh. whatever who you like because like you will be disappointed not that i'm a celebrity by any means i don't mean it like that but you know if if you see me here or you see me on youtube or you see me in person i'm the same exact person yeah all you know well that's authenticity always. so what's in your refinishing you know future when it comes to refinishing furniture i mean we talked about the youtube talked about the paint cast anything new other than that i mean like how do you see the future unfold for you in furniture so I, you know, I, I don't really know. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to hit, you know, a hundred thousand on YouTube. I don't really know why that's probably a vanity number. I think I just want that plaque, you know, that like play button or whatever it is. (laughs) Yeah. Like I just want that play button. That's all. And, um, (laughs) you know, I just want to push myself this year and just really create more stuff. And because I'm not, exclusive anymore. I can use whatever I want. And I just want to show people all different kinds of things, whether that be, you know, Waverly from Walmart or, you know, Wise Owl or, you know, the newest, latest, greatest thing, or, you know, the, the neon piece I use the daydream apothecary, which is a new brand and just, you know, go back to some of the brands that I used years ago and see, you know, how do I use those differently? It's, when you use the same product for so long, you kind of get on repeat. So it's kind of what Brandy had said in our podcast, where you're almost forced to relearn how to paint and reuse these different paints yeah. because they're not all the same. And so I think, you know, I'm going to try to, you know, what's that word? Become an expert <laughs> in, in all the different kinds of paints yeah. and you know, just, I, I kind of, I, I really enjoy learning different things about different products. And, you know, even when it comes to woodworking and tools and things like that, I just, I don't know, I'm really interested in stuff like that. So I, I want to be able to bring more things to people than what I've been bringing, you know, expand, Mm -hmm. I guess, grow, expand. My gosh, there are so many paint companies out there. You're going to have a lot of uh, fun exploring the different paints and just, you know, sharing, um, you know, what, what the different paints perform, how they perform for you. And yes, and we're going to, I'm going to have to send you and Brandy some of our new top coat brushes. We got to get those in your hands to see what you think of those. I, you know what? I think that I had gotten sent some of them and I, did not use them for top coat. I used them for blending <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> because I like to break rules. And <laughs> there you go. <laughs> anyway, it said top coat brush. I'm like, don't tell me what to do, Zebra. I'm going to use this for blending. <laughs> we don't mind you breaking rules with our brushes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do. I love, 
I got to tell you that your brushes, I actually, in the very beginning of this journey, I used your brushes first. And it sounds really silly, but one of the things that brought me to it, I said, whoa, look at this paintbrush. I was at Lowe's and I said, look at this paintbrush. It has white bristles. Like, what is this? is awesome. <laughs> and so it was the round. Yeah. That was one of the first ones that I had bought. And that was, gosh, that had to have been six years ago. Yeah. Almost, yeah, yeah. almost six years ago, five or six years ago. It was a while ago. So, yeah, it's... It's funny that you talk about breaking rules because, you know, obviously, you know, we we focus on creating application-specific brushes, you know, brushes that are designed for specific applications, you know, the round brush for curved surfaces and, you know, the fan brush for moldings. and But... You know, when we say that, it doesn't mean you can't use that brush for other things, right? I mean, they go beyond their specific application. So that's why I had to echo and say, we don't care if you break rules with our brushes. (laughs) You'll allow it. (laughs) Well, Chris, Donna, it has really been a lot of fun chatting with you today, learning more about you and your work. And I just have to say, you inspire a lot of refinishers and you showcase the fun side of refinishing. And you definitely look like you are having a great time. And I think that's authentic. Yes, I I love it. I love, love, love it. And thank you for saying that because, you know, I, I just want to do my thing. But if I am inspiring people at the same time, then I am. That makes me even happier. Yeah. You know, I do get a lot of people who write me messages and they're like, you're just always so helpful. And I'm like, if I can help you, if I can, you know, I'm not I can't always answer every single question through message right away. But you know, that's, that's important to me is to be able to be there as a source of information. And I I try to kind of cruise the groups and stuff. And I'm very encouraging person. I'm that I'm that kind of person that if I see someone at the gym, like a a woman at the gym, and I'm like, wow, she looks great. I'll go tell her. So Mm. I feel like it's the same concept that, you know, these people, they put their work out there. And if I'm moved by something, I will I, I feel like I need to say something because I think that's important. I think, you know, people need to hear that their hard work is inspiring somebody. So we got it. We got to be able to put out there all your social media channels so that whether somebody wants <laughs> to go to the YouTube or whether somebody wants to see the podcast or uh, the paint cast, uh, your new podcast, the paint cast podcast. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the paint cast podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and, and also, uh, you mentioned Facebook and Instagram, some of those other channels. So if you would just sort of let people know how they can reach you. So on, I have all of the social media. So I have a YouTube, I have, I have a TikTok too, because I'm oh, cool. Yeah, you are cool, man. <laughs> I'm a cool kid. <laughs> You're classified as cool. <laughs> But yeah, so I have a YouTube, TikTok, I'm on, I'm even on Pinterest. I am on Instagram, Facebook, and it's all under Bella Renovare by Cristana. It started as Bella Renovare, but then I put by Cristana just because, you know, it kind of rolled off my tongue and I liked it, but you know, Bella Renovare will get you there. So it's B-E-L-L-A-R-E. N O V A R E. Oh, very good. Or you could always just type in my first name. <laughs> that will come up too. But that's that's well, weird. both are yeah, unique. Bella Renovare. Both are unique. Yes. So they're memorable. Well, thanks so much yes. for joining us on the podcast. Stay in touch, and man, we hope you come back soon. I will. I will come back. Thank you so much for having me, Lane. Hello, my name is Patty with Midlife Revival, and this podcast is sponsored by my friends at Zebra. I have been using zebra brushes for over three years now because they truly are high quality, 
well-constructed paintbrushes at an affordable price. I also appreciate how Zebra has designed a variety of different brushes for a wide variety of different shape and size painting projects. I've used all of their brushes, but my most often used brushes are their chiseled wedge brush, the fan brush, and the stubby two inch angled brush. Recently, a new favorite Zebra brush of mine is that new top coat brush. Something that I dreaded and agonized over for years has been resolved with this new top coat brush. So if you haven't tried Zebra brushes for your painting projects, I hope you will soon. You will not be disappointed. Listening friends, we have a special bonus on today's podcast, and the timing of it could not be better. When we recorded our interview with Kristana, it was in late January, and the Golden Brush Awards were underway, but we didn't know who the finalists were yet. Well, today we not only know who the finalists are, but also who the public chose as the best of category winners in each of the 10 categories. Chris Donna had entered her neon multicolored dresser that we discussed earlier, and this piece won best multicolored piece. We brought Chris Donna back on to say congratulations and ask her a few more questions about this winning piece. Congrats, Chris Donna. Man, that's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. I was shocked. I did not even... I had someone message me and they said, Hey, you're one of the finalists. And I, and I was like, what are you serious? Because I know that there were tons of people who put their work in. So I just, you know, I did it, but I didn't like think anything of it. I was just like, that's ah, okay. But I loved the piece so much that I had to submit it. And I'm just still kind of in shock, I think, a little bit. <laughs> well, it's so nice to be recognized by your peers in the public. Yeah. So congratulations. Thank you. You know, you mentioned earlier that you go with your gut. And in this case, your gut was spot on. So that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because I remember you saying we were talking about your favorite part of it. And it was uh -huh. the blue on there. And yep. so now every time I look at the piece, I'm like, well, there's the blue that Lane was talking about, you know, like I did. It's funny when someone points things out about your piece that you, you know, the little things that they really love about it. And then when you look at it, you're like, Oh, okay. That's what he yeah. loves about it. So, yeah, I guess it's because you're so immersed into it and there's so many elements. I mean, you saw the piece from beginning to end. Yes. Um, and so we sorted it too through your YouTube, but it's different when you're the artist. Right. Right. <laughs> and you're kind of doing it and hoping for the best. And, right. <laughs> you know, I put layers on there and then I step back and then I put layers on there and I step back. And then there's some times where I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. No, we're just going to keep going. Let's just trust it. I always say trust the process. Just trust yeah. the process. Well, you get a lot of exercise when you're doing pieces like this, don't yeah. you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do a lot of walking back and forth. <laughs> probably, probably using muscles you didn't realize you had. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why I work out so that I can like, you know, I, I'm prepared for all the things. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, our Golden Brush Awards category description states for the multicolored piece entries as follows. This is the best piece with multiple colors, whether it's two colors or 45 from blended to freehand art and drawings. So with that said, do you remember how many total colors you used on this piece? Oh, I used six different colors on the top. So I did a couple colors underneath to add the texture, but you can't mm -hmm. really see those. But the main colors that you see are there's six of them and it was mm -hmm. like the entire neon line that I used on this piece. And then when you mix those, they make other colors. So yeah, yeah. there's six total colors that I used on it.
Gotcha. I know. I know. When you look at it, uh, I think most people be just. I mean, you explained it well, but I think most people would say six. Only six, because <laughs> there are such an array of colors, and and like you said, as they as you were using them, they began blending and forming new colors. Yes. Yes. And that's usually what I do when I'm doing a piece is I try to match the colors next to each other that will make really good colors. So, you know, the blue and the yellow, let's put those together so that they can make a green in there somewhere. And, you know, so that's kind of what I think about when I'm placing them. Well, if someone wants to create a piece like this, and let's assume they have never done anything this creative with colors. So what do you recommend? Uh, First, you know what, I would say to practice on a practice board so that you can kind of not freak yourself out. (laughs) I always say trust the process, but I know that that is hard, especially when let's say that someone is, you know, spending the money on the paint or spending the money on a piece. And they're like, okay, Krasana, that's really easy for you to say, because you, you've done this a million times and you know, so normally what I tell people is just take a little bit of your product and get, you know, a scrap piece of wood and just play around a little bit so that you get comfortable Mm -hmm. with these colors or comfortable. Like you said, like I said, you know, you put the blue and the yellow together and it gets green. So, you know, kind of train your brain to know what colors go good next to each other and what will make cool mixes and things like that. So I, you know, or a canvas even, you know, grab a canvas Mm. or something and play around with that first if you're not comfortable with it or just dive in and just, you know, YOLO, right? (laughs) (laughs) Should they limit their color palette on when they're starting out for the first time? Um, you know, I always tell people to, especially when they're blending and maybe not this kind of idea, cause this is more multicolor, a bunch of different mm-hmm. colors, but I do try to tell people if you're going to be blending, stay within the same color family. And that way, especially for like an ombre blend or whatever, you mm-hmm. know, let's say you have a dresser and you're trying to do a gradient blend, try to stay within the same color family first and get used to how to blend colors together and then kind of branch out into different things and try different colors that maybe are, you know, opposite of each other or something and see how it works. But I think the most important thing when you're layering and blending colors is to get confident in the technique first and then explore with different colors and what you can use and, you know, put together. Well, I guess the the more experience you have, the more paint you're going to have too. So you're going to be able right. to look in your own inventory and see what you have and probably just pull multiple things out. But I guess somebody who's starting out doesn't have that kind of inventory yet. So you, you touched on this earlier because, you know, it, with respect to paints, I mean, they're, they're not cheap. I mean, furniture no. paint, it's good quality paint, but they're not cheap. So um, that's a bit of a challenge too, trying to figure out, man, how many, how many, pe- how many different uh, paint colors should I order? Um, yeah. So oh, that's really good advice. Well, I, you know, something that I've done before is, and I've tried to teach this on a few different videos is you can actually mix colors to create colors, right? So, you know, let's say that you have a dark pink and a white, you can make multiple colors in that and you can make, you know, a blend or do a gradient blend on that with Mm -hmm. only two things of paint. If you're mixing different colors or, you know, you've got a couple primary colors, you can mix those to make other colors. So then you're not having to buy every single one of those colors. You just create your own. Yeah, that's good. So you can do that too. You know, learn a little bit of color theory. And this may be a a crazy question, but what about somebody who let's say they've got, they don't have the the inventory of somebody like you, but they've got a couple different types of paint. Let's say they've got a yellow, that's a chalk paint. And then they've got some other colors that are mineral paints. Do you ever do, 
you ever utilize different types of paint within one project? Yeah, so you can, as long as they're water-based, you can generally mix paints. The only thing is, is when you're using, let's say that you're using like a mineral all-in-one paint mm -hmm. and you mix it with a chalk paint, just know that that may break down the all-in-one properties of the mm, paint. Does I that see. make sense yeah. when you mm -hmm. mix them? So all you have to just keep in mind is that you may need an extra top coat on there because maybe when you mix that chalk that's not an all-in-one with an all-in-one, then, you know, those properties of that, you know, whether it's a built-in primer or a built-in top coat may not be as strong. It's not that big of a deal. You could just probably put an extra top coat over it or make sure that you have an extra primer or something like that. So you definitely can mix paints, um, but there are some that blend a little bit easier together than others. You know, all-in-ones mm -hmm. are not, they, you can blend them, but they're not as, they don't like water as much as like a clay or a chalk where you can blend them. So it's not impossible, but it's definitely a little bit more challenging to do different blends and different finishes with different paint. Yeah. So no explosions or anything like that. No, no. I think you'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I, I experiment all the time and do different stuff all the time. So, you know, there are some products that maybe don't work so well together. Obviously an oil based with a water base, you never want to mix those together. Yeah. But, um, for the most part, any paint, you can generally mix them together. And again, if you're not sure, just kind of test it out on a board and see what happens first before yeah. you go in on a piece of furniture. And One last question. When you painted this piece, you painted everything, including the hardware. Yes. How do you keep the paint from chipping off the hardware? So I don't normally paint the hardware on pieces. And if I do, it is a piece that's distressed and chippy anyways. So I just kind of... Well, first of all, I top coat it, but obviously mm -hmm. we know that when you're, you know, if you've got kids or something like that, that's not always a hundred percent. So mm -hmm. I generally only paint the hardware on pieces that I intend for them to distress and get chipped. <laughs> if that makes <laughs> sense. So normally if I'm painting hardware or doing something, I take the hardware off and I usually restore it or I'll use a spray paint or something for hardware that I really don't want to get chipped. Mm -hmm. But if I'm going to paint the hardware, it's going to be something that's already going to be a distressed, chippy look anyways. Okay. Yeah, I so lied. then I don't worry I, about it. <laughs> I lied. I said one last question. I have yeah. another last question. <laughs> so when you started painting this piece, you painted, I mean, you didn't do the hardware later. I mean, you, you decided early on that you were going to paint the hardware. And when you look at this piece, I think that if you hadn't painted the hardware, it would have had... Not that it wouldn't have been a winning piece, but it's it's amazing how making that decision to paint the hardware just like makes everything so complete. So my question is, how did you know to paint the hardware? So I, when there are pieces that are super busy and I already know that it's going to be busy, or let's say that it's something that has a picture on the front. Mm -hmm. Generally, I don't, I'll paint the hardware to either make it blend into the finish because let's say that I painted the hardware gold, that would make it stand out and it would kind of take away from just the, the dimension mm -hmm. of the piece. And so generally, I, if it's that busy, like that piece was, then I try to hide the hardware in with 
the busyness of the piece. Does that make sense? Yes. No, that's very clear. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I do. Or if it's something where I want the, I want the focus to be on the piece and not the hardware. I don't want anyone's eyes to be adverted in any other place other than the piece itself. And so that's generally when I paint it. (laughs) Yeah. And so I guess the point is that when you started this piece, even though you didn't know ultimately how it was going to turn out, you still had a vision in mind. And so you knew that it was going to be busy. Therefore, right. you, paint, you knew you needed to start painting the hardware with it. Yes, I knew that I was going to just go all out and make this a super awesome neon piece. I didn't know if anyone was going to like it, but I but I just did it anyways. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to do this because I love neons and I love bright colors. And so I knew no matter what, I was going to love it. And if I didn't, then I'd just repaint it. So, yeah, wow. <laughs> but I knew I, this piece was going to be something that I did and it may not be everyone's cup of tea, but I got, I mean, it was a pretty positive, pretty positive feedback, I think. So um, clearly <laughs> people liked it. You want best of category. So yeah, that, and that's the best, isn't it? I mean, when you just like, you really express yourself, you have yes. a lot of fun with it and everybody else appreciates it. It's like yeah. you said, it may not be something that would go in everybody's home, but it's, it's still something that people look at and their jaws drop and they're like, wow, this is really cool. This is really yeah. stunning. Well, and neon paint is just so interesting to me anyways. <laughs> so you know, just neon colors and how people, you know, all the stuff that people put out there with neon. Yeah. I don't know. I've always been drawn to neon, bright colors, period. But neon colors, I'm always like, man, I love those. So yeah, they are cool. Yep. Yeah. Well, thanks, Christina, for coming back on and allowing us to ask you a few more questions. And more importantly, <laughs> just to say congratulations, job well done, because that was an incredible accomplishment. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And thanks for doing the competition, because it was a lot of fun. I I can't imagine how hard it was for the judges. And then once it was yeah. out there for the public, you know, there was just, <laughs> wow. I, w- I was like, I was having a hard time picking people because I just, it was crazy. There's yeah. a lot of crazy talent out there. So, yeah. And that's, that's, that's one of the reasons why we do it is because it's just such an, a great opportunity to really showcase, as you said, the awesome talent. And uh, so we, we always look forward to it every year. We all enjoy the the process and the work that goes into it. But like you said, I was filling for those judges because that was tough. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Don't ask me to be a judge next year, okay? Don't. <laughs> Just I don't kidding. Know. I totally would, but that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> it, it really is. Well, yes. we appreciate you so much, Christana. You, uh, Thank you. Actually, go create another piece like this because we're eager to see what else you got going on. <laughs> hey, did I just did a piece. Did you see the one I did with a squeegee, a window squeegee? Yes, I did. And that was uh, <laughs> that was pretty awesome. You kind of keep taking it to the next level, don't you? <laughs> I know. Like, what can I use next? Bubble wrap, a squeegee? <laughs> I'm still waiting for you to, I'm still waiting for your staging piece to see the piece on the wall, not on the floor. I know. You know what? Maybe maybe that's next. Challenge that's right. accepted. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. All right. You take care. Thank you. You too. Today's refinishing tip comes from Danny with Redeemed Wood Creations. Hey, everyone. It's Danny here from Redeemed Wood Creations. I wanted to share a quick tip with you all today. Have you ever had a piece of furniture that was missing a gorgeous detail on it? or a chunk of wood was missing on it. I really love working with the Amazing Mold Putty to fix that kind of stuff. 
So what I do is I find a detail to duplicate on the piece of furniture and I make a mold of it. Then I like to use three different options. So the first one is the Amazing Casting Resin. I like to use that one for smaller details and especially if I'm just going to paint over it, that one's perfect. If I want to stain a piece, like a dark stain, I like to use the Bondo Wood Filler. With that one, you can actually add the stain to the Bondo Wood Filler and make it darker. And then my favorite, favorite one is to use is the All-Purpose Bondo. That one um, I like to use in high traffic areas or larger missing pieces, like let's say like a corner or on a leg. The all-purpose Bondo is like super durable and it works amazing. So yeah, I hope that tip helps you all. And thank you, Zebra, for letting me share the tip for the day. And really, I just want to thank Zebra for all you do for us furniture artists. We really appreciate your support and all your love. So thank you, everyone. And I hope everyone has an amazing day. Thank you, Danny. Many of these pieces you all refinished come with missing or damaged detail design, so this is a great way to solve that problem. It's time to hear what your refinishing friends are up to. Here are a few reporting on what they're working on in their studios this week. Hi, this is Lindsay Newmeyer with Shabby to Fabby. This week in my garage, I have three projects that I'm working on. I have a mid-century credenza that I've turned into a TV stand. I have a nine-drawer dresser, and I also have a mid-century cabinet. They're all being painted in a very boho style. Hi friends, Melissa here from Allied Refurbish. This week the shop is full of custom jobs, but one of the pieces that I'm working on for fun is actually for the Furniture Flip Challenge hosted by Makers Challenge Central. The theme is texture and I'm trying something that I've never tried before, so I'm super excited to get it all done and share it with all of you. Thank you so much for having me, and to all the Zebra Painting family, greetings from Minnesota. Hi everyone, I'm Tristan from Betty May Co. This week I have a couple different projects that I'm going to be working on. I'm starting with a cedar chest that I picked up from Facebook Marketplace. I'm going to be removing the base and adding new legs as well as some decorative trim. I'm going to leave the legs natural wood and paint the rest in Bedford by Fusion Mineral Paint. And then I am also going to be working on a mirror this week. It came off of a dresser that I did a few months ago, and it has been sitting around in my studio for a while. So I'm going to try and recreate the vintage style anthropology mirror by adding some decorative wood accent pieces and painting it in an antique gold. To see the finished pieces, follow my Instagram page at Betty Mayco. Thank you so much, Zebra, for having me. Have a good week, everyone. Thank you, friends. Listeners, make sure you go check out their social media feeds. Welcome to the Beginner's Bucket segment of our podcast. The Beginner's Bucket is a great opportunity for new refinishers to ask questions from their more experienced refinishing friends. If you have a question that you would like answered, just send me an email at laneball at enjoyzebra.com and we'll ask an experienced refinisher and play the answer here on the podcast. This week's question comes from Mary Beth with San Jose Furniture Flip and the question is, does hemp oil change the color of light paints? Kristen Litka with Shacto Interiors answers her question. That's a great question, Mary Beth. Using hemp oil on lighter colors typically will not change the color. However, it might richen it a little bit, and then once it dries and cures, it will lighten up again. 
Thanks, Kristen. Your expertise, not only as a refinisher, but owner of your own line of milk paint, Shacto Interiors Milk Paint, is insightful. How many times have you picked up an old piece of furniture and wondered what the history was? If only these pieces could talk, right? Well, some of you have been more inquisitive and taken the time to do some homework to find out more about a piece that you have refinished and its history. These are incredible stories that need to be shared. We have created a new segment on our podcast called If This Piece Could Talk. You will enjoy hearing from your fellow refinishers talk about the history of a piece, whether it's about the style and how it developed, or maybe it's a sweet story about a piece of furniture built and designed for a loved one. We'll also talk to experts who will give us some insight on how to go about learning the history of a piece. As a side note, if you know the story on your piece and you think it's a perfect fit for this segment, send me an email at laneball at enjoyzebra.com. Stay tuned as we include these new segments in the upcoming podcast. Everyone, just a quick thank you for making this podcast such a success. We are super excited that our podcast remains in the top 2% of the art and design category. It's because of our guests, you all, our listeners, and listeners' reviews that make this possible. Speaking of reviews, we want to encourage you to leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. To thank you for taking the time to leave your review, we will send a free brush your way as long as you screenshot your review, email it to me, laneball at enjoyzebra.com, and it must be emailed to me by this Friday, March 25th, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Please provide your full name and mailing address. Your reviews make a big difference to keep our podcast at the top and to help us to continue to reach more listeners. Zebra Review Monthly Contest are back, and we wanted to kick off the season by honoring our judges. Our March theme is our judges' colors. That's right. Each of our five judges have shared their favorite color with us, and you can check out those colors and be inspired by going to our post on Zebra Painting or to our judges' accounts, and they are Jen of Perfectly Imperfect Furniture, R.E.S., Katie Cloud of Katie Cloud, Katie Scott of Salvage by K. Scott, Lauren Schwachina of Portland Rose Studio, and Sarah of Sitting Pretty Home Decor. You get to see their colors in a piece they have refinished. You may pick one or combine a few of the colors on your piece. We are looking for an approximation of color tone that is similar to the judges' choices. It does not have to be exact. Make sure that you tag your pieces with the hashtag the Zebra Review. All pieces have to be refinished between March 1st, 2022 and March 31st, 2022. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Zebras Before and After Furniture Refinishing Podcast. Today's episode, along with information about today's guest, is also featured on enjoyzebra.com under the podcast tab at the bottom. Your comments and suggestions for future episodes are always welcome, and we encourage you to share them by sending your emails to me at laneball at enjoyzebra.com. Thanks for listening, stay safe, and happy refinishing.